0: they change lines, they part they push. Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi Pro Cycling Podcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about, whether you're out training, commuting, or just riding around. Sit down and listen in, because we're about to begin. I got something to say, man. Yo ho! Welcome to episode 91 of the Semi Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that only a semi pro cyclist rides for love and not money. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who's talking about cycling's dirty side. Hey there, semi pros. My name is Damien Roos. I'm the founder of Semi Pro Cycling, home of the Semi Pro Cyclist. And yes, a very quick review to get us underway today. Best Endurance Podcast Around, five stars by Name the Pain from the US. An endurance sport junkie, I know, no bonus points for. Admitting that, I listen to a lot of podcasts focused on maximizing one's abilities and power. And of all the podcasts I listen to, semi pro cycling is top of the charts, no question. Damien goes above and beyond just reporting the latest research, he breaks it down into accessible and applicable chunks that I incorporate into my cycling nearly every week. Thank you for making me a better cyclist. Now, if you would only start a running podcast too, my life would be complete. Name the pain. Thank you very much. You rock my world by going out of your way to go to iTunes and write that review. I really, really do appreciate it. And a reminder to you that if you do like the show, please take some time out to go to Stitcher or iTunes to write a review, because five stars make me sing. I'm seeing stars. I'm seeing stars. much. Now, a couple of great articles that I came across this week. Number one is called Bike Position and Insight into Athletic Ability to Adapt to Change. It is really fascinating, this study. It takes 16 female and 45 male cyclists from the Podium and Podium Potential National Team program that the GB cycling team have. And it looks at their positioning or their potential positioning on the bike and whether you're basically a fiddler ...with your equipment and you like to change things all the time or you can adapt and absorb things in over time. The technical terms they use for the link between these two riders are one type of rider is a micro-adjuster and the other one is a macro-absorber. They're looking at the link between those types of riders and their potential to adapt to change in general... The study itself was based on two years worth of injury data that they collected and a subjective correlation was noted between the riders who became injured and those that were sensitive to changes in bike setup. So riders who do not get injured observationally were less sensitive to positional changes. Changes to other equipment setup, pedals and cycling shoes elicited the same trend. So the interesting thing that they really got from this is that If you are sensitive to any changes on your bike and you like to make a whole bunch of changes, then you're probably going to be sensitive to any type of change in cycling, whether it is for training or getting around to races or whatever it is. I found that really, really fascinating because if you're a little fussy in one area, it seems like it translates to all these other areas. So draw whatever conclusions you want from that. But to me, anybody that is fussy when it comes to their bike and the adjustments that they make are probably more difficult to deal with. So how about you? Are you a micro adjuster or a macro absorber? I definitely am a macro absorber, but only after extensive micro adjustments. So article two, it's another interview and I really seem to be on an interview trip lately, but I'm getting a lot out of them and I'm coming across some really interesting ones. And this one is Scott Sunderland and he is an Aussie battler, an ex-pro, an ex-domestic. He transitioned into the DS world, the director sportif world, very successfully, leading Cancellara to a Roubaix win, which is pretty cool. Now he's the director of the Australian National Racing Series. But he was interviewed primarily... ...about the changes of tech around Roubaix and Fabian Cancellara's setup himself. There's a couple of notable quotes that I'm going to read out now. The biggest challenge is finding the right pressure. The cobbles can hammer the air out of the tyre. And so what you start a 260 kilometer race with isn't going to be the same when you finish in the velodrome. Cancellara would finish the race with as much as 17.5% lower than when he started... That's pretty crazy. When he was asked about Cancellara and how he's known for being particular with his equipment, he said he used to get pedantic over little things, but generally he's extremely open-minded. As long as you can explain the benefit for the change, he'll give it a go. If he rides it himself feels what is being claimed, chances are he'll accept it, which I think that is a really interesting insight overall, but there definitely are a few more nuggets in this interview that if this does interest you, I would check out. But one thing really came apparent to me, and that is how rapid cycling technology has changed over the past 10 years. I don't know whether it's really been obvious because it's kind of crept up year after year, but Going from standard rims, box rims that they were using in Roubaix to now using carbon and everything else, it is pretty amazing to me. So I don't know what the next 10 years are going to hold, but I'm definitely excited about it. (music) To be a cyclist is to be a student of pain. At cycling's core lies pain, hard and bitter as the pit inside a juicy peach. It doesn't matter if you're sprinting for an Olympic medal, a town sign, a trailhead, or the rest stop with the homemade brownies. If you never confront pain, you're missing the essence of the sport. Without pain, there is no adversity. Without adversity, no challenge. Without challenge, no improvement, no improvement, no sense of accomplishment. And deep down joy might as well be playing tiddlywinks. This episode is about pain. But what type of pain? I'm talking about the good pain here. Using good very liberally, of course, but basically, you can broadly classify pain into two categories. Well, I can. First one, bad second one good and pain is a signal it's a message from the brain telling you that you have something that you need to pay attention to your brain's job is to make sure you don't cause harm to yourself if you're already injured which is the first type of pain the pain of injury or damage bad pain and this is not what we're talking about today It's the second type of pain, the good pain, the pain inside the pain cave. The real difference between the two is that you can actually mediate this pain and suffering by backing off whenever you want. But the goal of cycling is to push hard up, to push through this pain. And that sounds pretty sadistic, but if you don't get a little excited by this, then I would definitely stop listening now. I would even consider stopping cycling Altogether, Because as the opening quote by Scott Martin was so eloquently put, at cycling's core lies pain. So your choice of sport, cycling, is by its inherent nature a sport that requires pain to compete in, let alone win. So the very nature of cycling is pushing yourself to the limit for extended periods of time and this is what challenges the mind differently compared to other sports say game based sports. Sure in game based sports there is isolated moments of concentration or focus and there's plenty of room for self doubt but not while surrounded by 60 other riders hurtling down a hill in the rain at 60 kilometers an hour and if you can't tell I am a massive fan of this shit and I might not be the best pain manager in the world, but I certainly do love a good pain fest, especially afterwards. So, just to clarify what pain I'm talking about, it's the place you go when you're over your limit, when you're pushing into new territory or basically a place that's really, really uncomfortable. Well, like the back of a Volkswagen? no. It's not the back of a Volkswagen. I'm talking about the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into. Andy Winhor radsky describes the pain cave as where we go or where we're at when we feel intense pain and severe discomfort combined with muscle fatigue and inevitable muscle failure if the activity persists, resulting from an all-out total exertion. It can be an enigmatic state of complete physical torture while simultaneously offering a time-slowing type of exhilaration. I believe that in any athletic competition that involves anaerobic activity, the pain cave is where the competition is almost always won or lost. He puts it pretty nicely there, and I don't know whether this is what you experience when you're in the pain cave, but can we say the person that stays in the pain cave the longest wins? Or the person that can handle the pain cave the longest wins. I don't actually think it is so clear cut. And when physiologists at the University of Wisconsin used spinal injections of a powerful painkiller to block lower body pain in a group of cyclists, the cyclists actually got slower. They initially felt great and started out faster than normal, but then they died in the ass because they didn't have the feedback of the pain and they couldn't pace themselves properly. So pain has other uses and is much more complex than we may initially think. And cyclists especially have an intertwined relationship with it because pain is more than one thing. It's a sensation like vision or touch. It's an emotion like anger or sadness, and it's also a drive state. That compels action like hunger all of these effects mingle together in different ways and in the case of cycling it's a relentless burn of sustained effort so are athletes different from the general population when it comes to pain tolerance we certainly know how to suffer but so does everyone in the human race right as a species human beings define their reality through misery and suffering well not to get too heavy what i do want to know is What is it about athletes that allows us to tolerate pain so well? There's a growing body of evidence showing that athletes have greater pain tolerance than the general population. And interestingly, athletes have roughly the same pain threshold as mere mortals. But a 2012 meta-analysis of 15 pain tolerance and pain threshold studies showed that athletes feel pain in the same way and the same levels as non-athletes. The only difference, though... Was that they were able to tolerate the pain better. So, while not the relentless burn of the pain cave, a great example of the difference can be explained with a study done on pain tolerance of ultra endurance runners by the University Hospitals Ulm in Germany. And what they did, they went to an ultra endurance event called the Trans Europe Foot Race. And yes, it is as epic as it sounds. It's a 4,487 kilometer over 64 days with no rest type of race. That is epic. But they got 11 competitors and they asked them to dunk their hands into ice water for three minutes. And by the end, they rated the pain at around six out of 10 on average. In contrast, they had a control group, a non-athlete control group that gave up after an average of 96 seconds. When their pain maxed out at 10, only three of them even completed the test at all. So, what this study and the others in the meta analysis tells us is that athletes' bodies aren't different and they still feel the pain, but their brains might have a much higher tolerance. That goes a long way in explaining why cyclists are different to Gen Pop and even gives us an idea as to what makes us different. But how do cyclists get to this point? Do cyclists learn to deal with the pain over time and how do they learn to do this? It's definitely believed that some level of resistance to pain can be learned over time and this is linked to you getting fitter. So, a meta analysis of pain tolerance and perception in athletes and non athletes published in the journal Pain in 2012 seeked to answer whether or not pain tolerances and perception can be altered over time. The analysis looked at 15 studies, including 900 individual subjects, and the results of this meta analysis indicate that individuals can actually alter their perceptions and tolerance to pain over time through regular physical activity. Much like any physiological adaption, prolonged cycling seems to build towards a higher Tolerance to pain. This definitely follows my original thoughts on developing pain tolerance, or at least being able to handle more pain as fitness increases. And Greg Lamont seems to agree with me, as implied through his now infamous quote, It doesn't get any easier, you just go faster. But I found a better quote, and it's by Eddie Merckx, and it's At the beginning stages, it is definitely the total physical development that is important. Later on, you develop more mental concentration, mental preparation to maintain the physical capacity. Next, you develop the spiritual. I thought that wrapped it up very nicely. I have spoken before about the evolution of the pain cave as you progress through cycling, and it's more than just sticking around in the hurt box for longer. When you start out, you try to ignore it by playing music or doing whatever means possible to distract yourself from the pain. But you finally get to this point, and I don't know how long this point takes to get to, but you do finally get to a point where you're able to use the pain as an indicator of form during the actual pain itself. When you're in the pain cave, you're thinking about how it's affecting you and what's going on, and it doesn't Turn into a big mess. You can control yourself and your thoughts a lot more. But this brings up a great point though, because even in the pain cave, you still need to perform, and you need to perform with. Perfection. So despite severe physical discomfort and impending physical failure, you will need to maintain concentration and focus in order to maintain proper form and technique. So being in the pain cave and learning how to handle pain doesn't happen in a vacuum. You need skill to maintain more than your balance. The classic example is if you're in a cross-country mountain bike race, you need to know how to get down the other side of the hill in one piece, even though you may be suffering. So, you still need this skill. And this skill, like any other, I do believe can be developed over time, but you have to put time into it to help it develop properly. I don't really feel that there's any shortcuts to get to this because descending down a technical rock garden while you're blacking out from maxing yourself out, especially. When you have to do this five or six times in a race, and then you do that five or six times over a couple of months, there has to be a trained element to it. But what are we left with? I'm just going to do a small wrap-up of what we've got so far. We've found that athletes are greater at dealing with pain, the same pain that everyone else feels. Cyclists are superior to game-based athletes in the tolerance of sustained burning pain. And this can be learned or trained. Okay, that's a pretty clear picture. But really, the unanswered question now for me is exactly how do pros deal with the pain? Because it really seems that the prerequisite for performing at the top level of cycling, at least getting a win in at your local club race, is all about embracing the pain, not ignoring it. So it's fascinating that in 1998, Jeffrey Cress and Tracy Stutler of California State University studied the quotes of Olympic cyclists to determine how they attempt to deal with pain while training and competing. They also went on further in another study to actually interview these cyclists themselves to see what was happening around that. I'll link to that study because it is really, really fascinating. In fact, I'm going to use that next week. But for now, the cyclists that they did interview and they did check out their quotes from the olympics believe pain intensity is purely a perception and so pain control is simply a form of mind control these athletes support the mind over matter phenomenon which many athletes suffering from chronic pain reject so these cyclists understand that pain is a positive experience that affirms their identity success and dedication and for them pain connotes a development rather than a breakdown of self Pain also diminishes as cyclists focus on their satisfaction, the rewards for tolerating the physical state, and the finite quality of their discomfort. Furthermore, occupying a position of control translates into pain control, and this suggests that pain may be at least partly due to the loss of command over one's physical self and sense of being at the mercy of something or someone else. This really sets up how fundamental and important training your mind is. But getting back to the study, the cyclists in the report use imagery and positive self-talk before and during competition to combat and prepare for the pain. Such processes result in the normalization of their physical state so that it is no longer considered pain. Interestingly, there was no specific focus used by all of the cyclists. But the key point that I want you to take away from this is that Not that they're able to handle pain better, it's that they actually seek to embrace and deal with pain rather than ignore it as much of the population does during exercise. Simply put, top cyclists approach pain in a unique way by paying attention to it rather than ignoring it. So I'm taking a guess here, but part of this must be more than just pain management and more to do with learning and understanding how you relate to pain on a deeper level. So in conclusion, If you want to be a good cyclist, you have to be able to face the pain that is a big part of the sport of cycling. Although, this isn't the only part of the story though, because physical ability still plays a huge role in it, but the mental ability to deal with the physical pain is arguably equally important. But even if you aren't born with the natural physical ability of being able to tolerate pain, training will improve your tolerance to pain. So how do you help the hurt, love the load, pleasure the pain? There are approaches out there that focus on the best way to accept the pain is by setting goals, relaxing, getting in the zone. And these really are more about putting the pain into a new context. This is done by writing as much as you can in the pain cave, having awareness of what it's like in there first with your body and the sensations and then your mind and the thoughts. And so this doesn't just happen in the pain cave. You can train it outside of the pain cave as well, where you can then start to control what you listen to in those painful situations. And finally, you learn how to generate the thoughts that you want to hear. But this really is another topic in itself, though, because it crosses over into other elements, not just how to deal with pain. It crosses over into how to deal with stress and how to build up and prepare your mind for lots of different challenges that come your way. And pain is only just one of these. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole this week. Maybe next week. So the tech hacks and products section. And this week is a very simple one that I came across after the Paris-Roubaix. The United Healthcare Mechanics wanted to stop biddens from flying out of their bottle cages. So in order to do that, they didn't have any fancy gripping materials. They didn't have any fancy biddens or anything like that. They simply put zip ties around the bidden cages. And it's hard to describe what it looks like, but if you simply wrap zip ties around... Any small element of your bottle cage, so it means that the bottle is going to sit in there tighter, then it's going to stop the bottle from creeping out or falling out dramatically when you're going over some cobbles or any other way. If you're having trouble actually picturing how to do this, I'll put a picture on the post page so you can come and check it out. And now that quote from the top of the show, it's... I actually have no idea. I'm guessing it's Lachlan Morton from Garmin Sharp because it's an Aussie talking about Tyler Farrar, their sprint man, but I have not actually seen him saying this. This quote is from a soundbite of a video on sprint trains, and it really is more an explain than an educate, but it's worth a look if you're in a team sprint train and you like Tyler Farrar, but... Other than that, I wouldn't bother checking it out. But if you can tell me who this is, I would be really, really thankful. But that's it for this week. So you have been listening to the SemiPro Performance Podcast. Remember to head over to semiprocycling.com forward slash pain to find any links used in this week's episode. From there, you can sign up for the free Wheelhouse Masterclass, Building the Base, a step-by-step system for achieving your cycling goals. Till next week, get on your bike and enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into. This episode is dedicated to Chase Pinkham, a 23-year-old U.S. cyclist that passed away recently. He was a chronic pain sufferer, and that happened from a crash in 2008, which did lead him through a tough battle with the pain and other side effects. My thoughts are with your family and with your friends. R.I.P.